handle the truth. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Saturday night cell block. Thomas Freeme, this is the Thomas Freeme TV and podcast show. And we're um we're getting jiggy with it tonight, man. What's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing? First and foremost, many blessings out there to the less fortunate. Um, many prayers for strength and and understanding, warmth. Uh, there's a lot of people out there dealing with uh, a lot of issues, man. We got a lot of people. Um, I just was talking to a friend on Messenger. I'm up there in the cold. Ain't got no power for the whole weekend. You know, so we got a lot of people dealing with power issues, hunger issues, man, toxic issues, acid rain going around, people's paints bubbling off. The, I mean, we got so much stuff going on, man. But tonight, we're going to talk about some more stuff going on. And tonight's show is specifically going to be about prison stabbings. Right, because that's the hype. Y'all like all the violent stuff, man. You like the blood and the gore. You like the stories. You know what I mean? And I don't really particularly like to bring that stuff, but it is necessary because these are things that um that do occur. So we're gonna get into it. Uh, I brought in a, a good friend. Again, you guys, um, if you've been watching the show, you know him as Paul Kratzis, Mr. Paul, Mr. Baltimore Kid. So I got him back on the show. Of course, he did 30 years in, uh, you know, in the federal system. Um, was shot in the face. Had to go to go to jail with a with a gunshot wound to the jaw. You know, so this guy, this uh, the rough and rugged guy right here. Um, so he's he's been in the nitty gritty. But more importantly, our discussion is going to be around the fact, not so much as the violent nature of stabbings, but why they occur why a person gets stabbed. And we're not going to be specifically talking about gang violence, things of that nature, because that that comes with the given. We're going to be talking about the individual who goes to prison, um, not gang related, trying to do their time, how an individual like that could end up being stabbed or getting stabbed. So without further ado, uh, let me bring in my guests. Um, before we do that, before I switch over, uh, please, again, as you see the link at the bottom of the screen, visit www.cominghomecoalition.com. Go to our Project Start Fresh page, see what we have going on. We do have a new raffle as well. Um, that raffle drawing will be the same night as uh, the same night as the Tampa Bay Rays. But um, please go there, and towards the end of the show, I'll I'll uh, read to you exactly what those prizes will be. But in the time being, let me bring on my guest. How you doing? Oh, diggity, what's going on, man? All right, how you doing? And I'm blessed, man. Well, I can tell you one thing: I'm warm. Yeah, I'm cold. Yeah. It's cold here. Huh? I said it's cold up here. Yeah, it's cold, man. You're up there in Baltimore, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. So yeah. how's everything been going, man? I haven't had you on here for a minute. Yeah, it's been going good. You know, can't complain. Huh. So go ahead and tell the viewer a little bit about um your experience and, and why I would bring you on to talk about this show specifically. 
because I guess because I seen uh, a lot of stuff while I've been 30 years in prison. So, you know, so right. you know, what I mean, that's probably why I experience. You know, experience living where experience. all the action is, and most of the action is in the penitentiaries, the United States penitentiaries, and and um, federal prisons. Mm. Yeah. And what did you do, Paul? What did you do to get to the the federal penitentiary? Uh, I was a drug dealer. Ah. And I got sentenced to life, and they shipped me there to Lewisburg. I did the first uh, five years of my uh, life sentence there. Mm-hmm. So when you got to Lewisburg, you were young too, right? In my, I was uh, 27. So when you got to Lewisburg, what was what was your first experience going into the yard of, of Lewisburg, maximum security? They put me in a uh, MAB unit, which at uh, that time was, uh, they had two sides, sand side and MAB side. And on MAB side, you had a unit, people mostly coming out of Marion at the time for, you know, long-term lockdown. And and B-Wing and uh, D-Wing was just the standard uh, mad prisoner, what they say most aggressive behavior. And then you had in C, when uh, I think that was uh, uh, C-Block. I was in D-Block. C-Block was uh, foul unit, you know, Mostly people on medication. Mm-hmm. Psych ward. Mostly old people. Some people on medication. You know. A lot uh, of people be on medication in prison, man. When they call pill line, you see people. You didn't even know. You'll see people you didn't even know was on the compound. Like, well, who the hell is that? Most of them taking th- back in time. Back then, they was get taking everything. They were getting Xanax. They were getting Klonopins. They were getting. Uh, Thorazine, they were getting everything they wanted. But then they, you know, mid 2000s, they start pulling back on it. Mm-hmm. But they were giving them whatever they wanted. You yeah. Know, uh, most people, that's how they did their time, you know? Drugs. So when you got to Lewisburg, how, how, what, how did you know, Paul, like, like you get, you get on this compound, how did you know that you were in a serious place? I did. I, I you know, listen. You know, when I got there, my first night there, I'm seeing uh, a guy get stabbed in the cell with a big-ass butcher knife. That's my first night there, you know? But it is what it is. So you get there and you see this guy, you see him being stabbed in in the cell, but you don't know why. No, I never did find out why. The Indian was... Huh? Is the Indian stabbing a white dude? I don't know. Is the Indian like a native Indian? Yeah. I can't say yeah. I, I met too many native Indians in, in um in any of the the prisons I was in. You know, back then things were different. Everybody, everybody back then time was different. Everybody, you know, was their own man. They pretty much stood on their own two feet and handled their own business. It wasn't. It wasn't, you know, everything so segregated. I mean, like, it ain't like it is now, you know. Things change, you know. More gangs, you know, popped up over the years, you know. Well, talk about that. Elaborate on that song. 
because you was so, in there long enough to see that transition of the type of quality of inmate that a federal inmate was back in the 90s. As long as he was good, you know, his paperwork was good, everything like that, then he was good. You know what I mean? Until he did something bad, you know? You know, you don't fucking, you don't rat, you don't check in, mm. and you handle your business. You know what mm. I mean? You know? So so after you see this dude getting stabbed, like, what's going through your mind? Like, how, nothing, how um... Nothing, truthfully. It ain't my business. So you, you just know? go to your, you go to the cell and just rack up. Well, it's my time to go to the cell, yeah. So let's talk because aside from the gang stuff, like I said in the intro, you know, because we we understand what gang life is and, and that type of stuff and, and, and stabbings and all that stuff comes with that type of life. But let's talk about how an individual who's not gang related, right, who's not into gangs, goes into prison and either gets himself stabbed or ends up stabbing somebody. Now, I've had a, a guest on several times, um, Mr. Frank De Palma, who did 42 years out in the Nevada system, and he did 23 on, on solitary confinement. And this is a dude that went to prison only getting 10 years and ends up doing 42. Because when he got in there, he turned down the, the Aryan clan that wanted to recruit him and of course they they just let the people go on him and he ended up killing somebody inside which is just um catapulted you know people have to go back and listen to that show you know but frank is out now and he's out there in nevada man he's really really struggling i hope he tunes in i sent him a link he's really struggling out there but so how 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 in that instance do individuals go in and get themselves in situations where they can possibly get get stabbed? Because I mean, a lot of times they, you know, they might just be disrespectful and not and not be respectful like they should to the, you know, another person. Uh, they usually get themselves in a jam. They might borrow money they can't pay. They might start using drugs and and run up drug debts and to the wrong people and. You know, there's a lot of different things, you know, as long as you, as long as your paperwork is right and you mind your business, you're going to be all right. But, but when you don't do that, that's when you have problems. Well, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the individual who his paperwork is straight, but he's just a knucklehead, right? Maybe he just, he just, you know, he's going in with this mentality of not really truly understanding prison life. And he's going in there with with the bravado, because like, in my opinion, one of the worst mistakes that you can do going into prison is following this stigmatic view that you got to go in there and knock out the the biggest, baddest dude you see in there or swing on the first guy or 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 don't show him you're weak. So you got these guys walking around like this here all the time. And exactly. You got to stay out their way till they get uh, till they realize what's going on. You know what I mean? You just laugh at them until they, you know, come to their senses. You know, just be you, you know, be you. And uh, just be you. That's all, that's all I did. I was me. I was the same person in there as I am right here. Mm-hmm. I was the same person before I went in as I was, you know, the whole time I was in. If you was good people, I messed with you. 
Mm-hmm. Point blank. I ain't care who you were or whatever. You was good. I kicked it with you. You know, some people didn't like that. And those that didn't like that, I didn't mess with them. You know, I'm going to be me who I, I'm going to be me to the end. If a person don't like that, got a problem with me being me and I ain't do nothing to them. I ain't violate them. I ain't disrespect them. And they want to hurt me. Then I'm going to try to kill them. Point blank. Mm-hmm. So if they want to die because they don't like me, and that's the way it's going to be. Because I'm going to handle my business from the time I, I went in there. I never dumped no wreck, and I was willing to lay my life down on it at any time. Or is the next guy willing to lay his life down for what he believes? I'm willing to lay my life down, and thank God I never had to, uh, you know, lay it down. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Have you ever gotten down. into Have you ever gotten into a situation where? Uh, you felt like um, you were going to have to. It was either him or you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I had every intention to kill people more than once in there. But why? And what, I ain't what, go what? and I ain't go ask no permission. Oh, can I can I do this because it's another race? I don't care if it's another race. I don't mm. care about that. If you violate, you violate, and I'm handling it. I ain't going to go. Oh, I gotta go ask permission to do this. <laughs> I ain't asking permission from nobody. Nobody. So, you know? but how how what how did you get into into these situations? Like, what what caused the situation to get to that point right there, to where you're telling yourself in your mind, like I'm gonna kill this dude if he puts his hands on me, I'm hitting him. Well, I mean, I mean, d- different situations. Like, you know, I'm, I play cards. I play cards with anybody. Okay. You know what I mean, so I mainly play cards with black people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause I, I mean, I'm a good card player, and I and I feel guilty taking money from other white people. You know what I mean? Why? So I play cards with black people. Some white people might not like that. Oh, he playing cards? What? I don't care about it. Look, I'm playing cards. Most of black people play cards. Most of black people shoot dice, and I shoot dice. I play cards. I run the dice game, and they all wanted me to run the dice game. But and why I do you like f- running dice game? Why would you feel guilty taking money from the white dudes and not the black dudes? Because because I'm good at because they're not good at the playing cards. They don't play cards every day, 10, 12 hours a day. Ah, the skill level. Yeah. So And then I so, feel guilty. So you're running you're running a poker table, right? Which is known as the house inside. Like you're the house. Yeah. And 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 describe a situation as to because remember, this isn't just me and you talking. You know that I know. And what I'm trying to get out of you is for the individuals that don't know, the kids that may be on their way inside of prison, right? So I, I'm trying to paint scenarios, right? I'm trying, I'm trying to paint, I'm trying to paint scenarios. Hey, hold up, hold up. What about, right. what about this stuff? We'll do all that tomorrow. Gotcha. All right, I'm off and then I want you I want you to show us the cars and stuff what you got going on but but um I'm trying to paint scenarios Paul these 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 kids you know young men young women that are on their way inside in situations that they may occur because you know how it is we get into life in there we just start living right and we get into these situations without understanding how to get in these situations so it's 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 
whoever's watching this who you know they run across this video and they see it and then if they get at themselves in that situation they're like whoa i'm in this situation you know and it could potentially save their life so you be in the house right how does a person particularly get themselves in a situation where they could be stabbed hit up green lighted well if they playing at the poker table and they owe money and don't pay some people, you know, you know, some people uh, take that, don't take that too good. You know what I mean? So, and uh, some people, they might lose and get slick out their mouth. Mm -hmm. Some people might get caught cheating. You know? There's many different factors. Uh, there are many different things that go on a poker table that uh, that can be a problem, you know. So, so, as you as the house, do you do you play on the wood? Meaning for do you, meaning do you have people bring their cash to the table, or do you front chips? Yeah, I mean, no. It all depends on the person. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. It all depends on the person. You got just like you read people in cars. You got to read people in life. You know, is this person uh, is this person good for his word? So just being around people, you know, you know who's who's a uh, dirtbag. You know what I mean? Some people can't get a stamp. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, so and, and, and character and honor has nothing to do with color or race or nothing like that. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Some people, it doesn't matter. They're, all that doesn't matter. There's white people I wouldn't give one stamp to. And there's Middle Easterners or black dudes, I give everything I got if they need it. You know what I mean? It all depends on character and a person's word. And you learn this by being around a person. Mm -hmm. So going into debt, right? Going into debt um, could definitely get you green lighted, stabbed up, roughed up. And we're talking, we're not talking $40, $50, you know, we're talking, uh, what, what would you say? What would you say the limit would be? Like, where would be the threshold of you going it's from different people? It's different people, different situations, you know, it's different people. You know, you might think a guy's good and he owes, he paid, he paid a lot of money in the past and then he needs to run up something like four or five hundred dollars and and he ain't got it or whatever, you know. So do you want to mess up, you know, making five hundred dollars a day for this for this situation or just be patient and see how it plays out? You gotta you, you can't you you can't go beating up everybody that owes you for one. But you know, if but if the disrespect comes into play, then that you know comes into play, you know. So, but there's other things going on too. Somebody might want what you got. You making that kind of money? There's scumbags out there. Well, damn, man, we get him out the way. We can you know run the table and make money. But the problem is with that scenario is these people are coming to play with that particular table because. There's honor and integrity there. Right. So they ain't playing with your table because they know you're dope fiend. Everybody wants a clean table. 
and everybody wants to know they're going to get paid. Exactly. So and before, you know, what I used to do before I, I paid out any money, I would count the money. You know what I mean? I just wouldn't hand them other people's money because they might be dummy books. That might be counterfeit money they give me. So I take all the money. If I got time to count it, I will. If I don't, I'm giving them all clean money that's counted. I used to pay a dude to uh, count the money and uh, and bundle it up, and uh, that was his job. So let me ask you, off off the the whole gambling scenario, the the table. What is the likelihood? What's the percentage, Paul, that an individual could get stabbed, hurt? Severely, you know, severely um, um, effed up dealing with gambling in the poker table. Laws are doing the right thing and they're not running up debts. They're not going to have no problem. Long as they're respectful to everybody, they're not going to have problems. Because for the most part, everybody, yeah. Because first and foremost, the poker, the poker table is illegal in prison. So nobody wants to bring heat to the, to the table. You know what I mean? So... Uh, I would agree. I think the likelihood of of uh, a situation of you being stabbed, beat, um, is it really depends on, uh, like you say, the situation. As long as you're not running up debt, as long as you're not trying to beat the table, you know, cheat, anything of that nature. Um, so let's move on to the dope. Let's move on to the drugs. Right? And look, that's I've never seen that work out for anybody because... Having a habit on the street is hard to maintain. So trying to have a habit in prison, you know, it's impossible. They, they, they ain't, them people ain't going to give them thousands of dollars a week to support their habit. And people don't have that kind of money to support a habit. Mm-hmm. And so what they do is they run up the bill and they don't pay. And they get stabbed, check in, go to another place and find out they checked in there and they get stabbed. Because they can't run, can't be on a compound if you checked in the last spot. But they see that's so, the thing though, because when when you go when you're fresh in, right? Like the families are dropping money. You know what I mean? Like the families are breaking bread for these individuals. Like for instance, for instance, one of the rats on my case, his name is Angelo Larocco. Okay, now this is what this kid was doing at Coleman, right? And this is this is. This was coming from a whole bunch of people that were coming to the institutions where I was at. Like this, this is a good way to get yourself stabbed. So, Angelo, right? What Angelo was doing was he was going to his visitation with his grandparents and he was pressing his grandparents for money. And he was telling his grandparents about how he was being pressed you know, and, and he owed all this money and, and all of these things. They were going to stab him. Let me get you. His family called the prison. No. No, his no, family didn't call. No, no, not at all. His family, stuff like that before. his family ran out of money is what happened. He, he, he took, he milked his whole grandparents dry. That's how much of a scumbag this dude is. Not only did he testify against me and not only did he testify against me, Paul, in a fashion, I didn't even know this dude. He completely fabricated everything that he said to try to get out of his own time. He was a worm. 
He's a complete worm. Well, I mean, he stayed true to his character. Right? He, st he stayed true to his character. That's absolutely correct. So he milked his grandparents for everything that he had. And what he was doing was he was getting all this money from his grandparents and going buying dope. He was the he was the cell block party dude. He was the one throwing the party, buying all the liquor, buying all the dope. You know what I mean? And then what ended up happening was he because he ran up such a bill, he ran up such a bill that when his when his grandparents were broke and they told him no more, now he owed like three, four grand. You know what I mean? And I think I think that's a pretty fair number to um to get to get uh green lighted on. That's what I, I was asking you. Got, because not nah, because I you know a guy got killed for $125. And then he told the he told the dude, look, the money the is in Beaumont. He said the money has been sent. And they want their money, I want the money, they ain't here then. And they wind up stabbing him, he dies. They're in a hole. The next day, the money hit. Mm. That's where I was at out there in Beaumont. Yeah, I was at Beaumont. That's where I was at out there in Beaumont. You know, and and see, this is this is the thing, right? So this is how small of a world it is going into going into uh, being a scumbag, right? And this is what I tell the parents and wives and things like that when they connect with me on the side. They're like, you know. How will my husband, how will my, my son fare in prison or whatever? I tell them exactly what you say. How was he on the street? You know what I mean? How was he on the street? What kind of person was he on the street? Was he beating people? Was he, you know, was he doing the, you know, scumbag things on the street? Because that's what he's going to do in there. And yes, he can be putting himself in, 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 yeah. in positions. You can't go in there like that. You, you a scumbag. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to get dealt with some, and, and and if you try to get protection under one of them groups, they eventually going to find out your true colors and know you're not sincere and you're going to be a victim of the group that you join. I've never joined no groups. No. I would and never join a group that would want me, put in point blank. That was my biggest beef at Beaumont because I, I would never join no group. I walked alone all the time. But truth be told, I, nobody ever asked me either, but I wouldn't join anyway. But that's the thing is because no one ever asked because they already knew. You see what I'm saying? They only recruit the weak. They only look for the feeble, the weak, the people that they know are scared to walk by themselves. That's who they that's who they look hey. for. You want a bang, bro? Right here. What is that? That's a bang. I found it. I found it in the car. Let me see the car, man. That's the vet, huh? Yeah. This right here is the parts for the Mustang we got to put on and the bumper. I like that yellow on there. Yeah, let me show you the inside. My new watch. I ain't even break it out yet, man. The watch in the car, you know? Coming oh, home present, you know? Coming yeah. home present. When you do the right thing. You got to treat Let yourself, man. Know, do the right thing. You get presents when you come home. You That's, know what I mean? If we only knew that 20 years ago, man. 
Let me see the let me see the watch. You didn't bust the watch? Bust I the ain't watch. Even break it open yet, man. Let me see it. Break it open. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drive the car, bust the watch open, everything, you know. Nah, break it open. Time, break you know? it open on nah, break it open right now. Saturday night live, man. Alright, hold on, hold on. Come on. You owe me that. You can do that for me. Let's go. I want to wait. Show him the box. Hold on. Bust, bust it out with your homeboy, man. Be a fucking. Better not be a Timex. <laughs> a, f- <laughs> a Folex. Uh, man. Big pimping, spending cheese. You know why I approve of that? Because that'll never depreciate, unless you unless you know you throw it around and whatnot. Hold it up. Bring it up here. Yeah, yeah. put it in the camera. Now put it in. There you go. There you go. Yeah. That's a nice leather band too. Huh? A nice leather band. Yeah. But yeah, man. So, you know, let me tell you about this about being a scumbag, right? And how it catches up to you. And and because you're at one institution, don't think that you can never be reached at another institution, right? That's that's mistake number one. So I'm at Texarkana, okay, out there in Texas, and I'm in the shoe. And I'm getting transferred. And they got a shoot orderly in there, right? Now, a shoot orderly, for those that don't know, is an inmate that is probably being transferred himself or he could be a check-in or uh, he's just not on the compound. He's he's back in the shoe, which is special housing, segregation. He's back there for a long time. They'll make him an orderly, right? Now, this dude's name was Bob, and he was from New Orleans. Right. And Bob was like, I'm six, three. So Bob was like at least six, six big, big dude. You know what I mean? So black dude from New Orleans had dreads, kind of walk funny. You know what I mean? So Bob is the shoe orderly at Texarkana. Now, when you go to the shoe, when you go to confinement, what happens is whatever happens out in the compound for me this particular day, I got into an altercation with the officers on the lunchroom on hamburger day when they let out Unicor. This was a Wednesday, right? You know, on Wednesday, the lunchrooms are packed for them hamburgers and French fries, right? Are you with me? Are you there? Yeah. Okay. You look froze. You look froze there for a second. (laughs) I just want to make sure you ain't lock up on me, but listen, (laughs) so, (laughs) so, so this was on this Wednesday. Get into the altercation. I go to the shoe. Now, when you go to the shoe, you don't have all your property that's back in your cell, right? You They just take you to confinement and lock you up. And it could be days before you see your property, right? Now, this property is very dear to you because when you go to the shoe, like especially when you go and the whole compound knows you go, man, people are jetting to your locker. One, if you got some good homeboys, like, like Paul was saying earlier, if you're a good, solid dude, You'll have homeboys 
that'll watch out for you. People won't even steal from you. You know what I mean? But you'll have dudes that'll go back to your locker, try to steal your property. This is your property. Like, this is all you got to your name. You know what I mean? Like, you, you will kill somebody over taking your property, right? You don't let nobody take nothing from you. So now you're in the shoe, and the officers go and they bag up your property. And then they'll deliver your property down to confinement. Now, Bob, being the shoe orderly, will get your property from the officer bringing it down, and he puts it in a room. Now, what this particular dude was doing, this scumbag, right? Stealing. He was stealing. stealing. He was stealing people's property. So he, when the, when the property comes in, when your property comes in, Bob will empty your bag out on the table, right? So the cop can come pull you out of the cell and bring you in. So Bob will put all your stuff down on the table. And then you got to come in. They'll bring you down in shackles. You come in. You look at all your stuff like this here. Yeah, that's all my stuff. That's all my stuff. You sign your thing. Bam, bam, bam. And then you're going back to your cell. Now what Bob's doing, because now as the cops bringing you back, Bob's going taking your shit. Bam, 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 bam. And he's throwing it in his property bag because he has access to all of this. And he's being shipped. He knows he's being shipped. So he's taking radios, he's taking all kinds of shit that he can go to another compound and sell all this shit on the compound. That's what he's trying to do. You know what I mean? So, but, and we won't know that. See, that's the thing, because we signed for our property. Everything was there. We signed for it. And if we're getting shipped, we may not see that property again for six months, eight months, right? So that get him killed. That could get him killed, though. Okay. More of the stories coming up. So I get shit from Texarkana, and I go to Three Rivers. I'm at Three Rivers for about eight, nine months. But when I get my property at Three Rivers, that's when I realize that that Bob stole my shit. And I told myself then, PJ, right? If I ever see this motherfucker. Anywhere ever again, right? Now I'm at a whole different institution. I do, I'm doing my time at Three Rivers. I get into an altercation at Three Rivers. I'm getting shipped from there. That's how I go to Beaumont. As soon as I get to Beaumont, right? I get there on a, on a Friday night, like a seven, eight o'clock. I get up Saturday morning. I'm going to the child line and I see this big oaky loki looking dude hopping his ass across the compound like this here. And I said, oh my God, that's Bob. That's Bob, man. I stepped to Bob. I didn't even go to child that morning. I just got onto the compound, just got on the Beaumont. You know what I mean? And like you said, no, no ask for no permission or nothing like that. Man, I stepped to Bob right there on the compound, catching him coming across because Beaumont has a loop like this here as it goes to the child hall. So I caught him on the loop. I'm like, hey, Bob, what's going on, man? He looked at me all kind of, he didn't know who the hell I was. I said, you don't know me? <clears throat> I'm like, you don't remember me, Bob? He's like, nah, man, he's looking at me like, he's looking at me like I'm his friend. You know what I mean? In a way. I'm like, yeah, man, I was in the shoe at Texarkana. As soon as I said that, Bob's like, oh, man, I don't want no problems, man. I don't want nothing to do with that stuff. You know what I mean? That officer... He's like, that off. He, he went to selling out. I'm like, Bob, I don't even put that shit on that officer. I ain't got nothing to do with that officer. I said, all I want, Bob, I said, listen, I don't want no problems. 
I said, all I want is all my shit, and I want it today, by lunchtime. Have all my shit. I was over an MB, right? So he come, he brought he brought all of my shit other than my radio. You know what I mean? But when he brought the radio, he came with a dude because he was with uh he was he was a crip. So he came with a dude named Capone from the Crips, who later, uh, because of this, worked in my favor, right? But it started a relationship with, with me and Capone that 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 favored me in the end, let's say. You know what I mean? But Capone had asked me, he's like, man, just listen, we'll get you a radio, whichever radio you want out of the store, but we're gonna handle this on our own. You know what I mean? And they 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 fucked Bob up pretty good. They hit Bob up pretty good. But the 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 moral of that is when 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 you think that you can get away with something, right? That is the that's 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 the grimiest one of the grimiest things that you can do aside for being a rat like it, being a rat or being a, a chomo a child molester or any like one of these deviant type dudes you know what I mean these guys that are jacking off on women and and all this crazy stuff that they do all that get you messed up all of that stuff will get you in some circles you know what I mean yeah I mean it also you know some. Some all depends what, what side of town you on. You know what I mean? You know, mostly all white dudes that that, that are sexual deviant, they get handled. Yeah. Most, you know, most of the black cars get handled, but uh, some black cars, you know, have a past. Uh, uh, some of the Cubans, they got passes. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 No uh, question. And because uh, white dudes aren't gonna play that. If a white dude hears that you you were jacking off on a female staff or anything like that, that's serious, serious business. You know what I mean? Um, it's it, like white being being a gay dude, right? Being a homosexual as a white dude, you you um you're just not really messed with. Like you could be a white dude and be gay. In there and mess with with other gay people or whatnot. Well, you're you not can't mess with other races. You can't mess with other races, right? Yeah, but you can you can you can have your woman in there. But but dudes aren't going first and foremost. Dudes aren't going to have your back. You know what I mean? They're not going to have your back. They're not going to ride with you, and they're not going to. But they're not going to bother you in that sense. They're not going to stab you. They're not going to run you off the compound for being that way. As long as you're straight up with it. Because if you are, if you are that, that way and me and you are sitting down breaking bread together because inside, even now, right, I'm very, very close to who I break bread with. I only break bread with men. That's how I've always kept it. You sit down at my lunch table to eat with me, you was a solid dude, and you knew that. You know what I mean? So now if you're portraying that, if you're portraying that you're a solid dude in that fashion, and then you turn around and you got these these secrets, that can get you messed up on the compound. That can definitely get you messed exactly. up quick. Exactly. You can't be, you know, you can't be having them type of skeletons in your closet and, and messing with good people, you know? But if you're a solid dude and you're like, hey, man, this is just what I do. This is how I am. Cool. You do your thing. You know what I mean? Just don't. These these are the guidelines. You know, we'll, we'll, hey, man, what's up? How you doing on the compound? But that's about it. You know. But 
going back into the dope, getting into debt, right? Because dope, dope's going to get you into debt because people aren't going to just keep sending you money. You know what I mean? You're, you're going and you're, you're getting dope. You're in, involved in any kind of addiction. You're involved in any kind of deviant stuff. Um, what else? What else we got that, that can get you, of course, not minding your business, you know? You know what I've seen got a lot of people? When something happens, right, you know, the SIS and everybody, they would pull people in and do interviews, you know? And so everybody, the smart people, they like, I don't know nothing. I, don't, I was, you know, I ain't seen nothing, whatever. But some people like, yeah, it was about this. It was about that. Uh, this person did this. They tell and think they think it's going to be a secret mm -hmm. between them. But they writing it down on that paper, right? Next thing you know, they charge the guy and it comes out all that. Everybody who gave a statement that day thinking it's between the uh, SIS, the cop and him, and they're trying to get brownie point. Everybody that gave a statement is coming out in the discovery. While they sitting in the hole, they get their discovery, their legal papers, their charges, all that. And everybody that made a statement on them is on that compound. They send that paperwork out there. And everybody that did that is getting handled at the same time. I've seen that a lot. Well, that's that. I mean, that's a good point too, man. Because uh, a lot of people don't know about that, about these investigations that you talk about, these questionings and whatnot, where they'll they'll come and they'll um. So what'll happen is say say me and PJ's in the unit, right? Me and PJ's in the unit, and we have an altercation, and for whatever reason, one of us gets seriously injured, right? To where the dorm gets locked down. Because the officer don't know what's going on. He sees blood somewhere, has no idea, but he knows somebody got hurt somewhere. So they lock the unit down. They'll keep the unit locked down and then they'll run these investigations. So what that means is you have your counselors, um, whoever their, their special investigation unit is, they'll come in and they'll set up shop like down the corridor outside of the unit. And they'll start pulling inmates out of the out of their cells and taking them into the office. Now, everybody is watching everything in this moment. People are on the doors. Damn, they're watching. They're in there, like, damn, he was in there 30 seconds. He they're timing there that. That's he right, because... What the fuck? That's you right. Go in there. My name's this, my name's that, and get the fuck on out of there. That's exactly right, because... It, Don't it, try it, to hold me up in here. That's exactly right. And because we know that it only takes 30 seconds to walk in there and tell these people, man, I don't know nothing. And turn your ass around and walk right back out. Anything longer than that, okay, these people in there having a conversation. You see what I'm saying? So, and and it could be anything, right? Because you go in there and this, this case manager could be like, oh, you know, hey, Thomas, how you doing? How's everything going? Man, listen, I'm not in here to talk to you, man. I'm out of here. You know? So... It's being aware that you don't go in here and even know that even know that you may know that you had a conversation about your kids with the case manager. Everybody in the unit is right now looking at you like you're a rat because right. you've been in here talking to this dude. 
Right, and they could be just innocent talking about the family visitation transfer or whatever, and that's just being prison stupid. You know what prison I mean? stupid. You could be like, oh, case manager, while I'm in here with you, man, listen, I got this paperwork that I needed to, you know what I mean? And and you guys, and you're in there for five minutes handling this. This ain't the time for that. <laughs> you prison stupid, you gonna wind up, you gonna wind up, hit up. <laughs> be like, I don't know why they did that to me, grandma. Hey, you know, let me tell you a good one. Here's a good one, right? It's a good dude, too, right? There ain't no rat or nothing like that, but he got a crippled arm. And he's a good dude and uh straight up dude. And uh but he got beat up by the police. I think it was in Colorado, one of them spots. And uh he filed a lawsuit. Now I wouldn't recommend that, you know what I mean? But he wanted to file a lawsuit. So but anyway, that's his prerogative. But anyway, he filed a lawsuit. So, so when the police get served, when you do anything to a, a police or administrator, it's going to come back to you some type of way. So what they did was they put a bad bone on the guy. When the law hit, he working for the SIS's wife in education down there being a clerk. Mm. So he leave and come back to the unit, right? And and the, and the lady knows that these other dudes ain't showing up to work, so she goes on up there and says, "Look, uh, Mike, John, where y'all at? I know y'all been here. Red told me y'all was in here. Red ain't telling nothing. Yeah, but that's the kind of setup they do. They cross them so up. So they put him under the gun. Now they're all looking at him like he's telling her stuff. He ain't right. tell her nothing." So let me but ask you this here. That's a good example. So let me ask you this. You get approached with that, right? Somebody comes to you and they're like, Paul, the, the cop told me that you said this. How do you respond to that? You got to handle that cop. You got to handle that cop. First and foremost, I'm going to tell this dude, man, don't ever come and tell me anything that a cop told you that I said. Exactly. You see I what mean, I'm saying? I mean, it's like this. If... You put hands on a cop. They working with groups. Mm -hmm. Not in every prison, but the prisons that count, they got a man in every car that might be a shot caller that they can go to. That they, like, He's a man for this. You know what I mean? So it's about the cops. The, the SIS is working with an inmate that's the, like a shot caller. The shot now, callers, right. Okay, so now... Oh, the shot car comes to him and says, look, my boy's in the hole, man. I need him out. No problem. Oh, man, dude's got, he's got serious poor. We go to the hole. He can get us out. You right. know what I mean? They don't, they just, oh, he's got tobacco. He's got this. All right, he's got all that. He's a man. He, you know, they looking up to him. All his little, all his little uh, gophers looking up to him. Right? The whole time, it's like a helping hand relationship between SIS and him, right? That's right. Now, now, the SIS has got a problem needs to be dealt with. He pulls him in. Look, I got a guy getting off the bus. I don't want him on my compound. Why don't he want him on the compound? Truth be told, he put hands on a, uh, another cop. All right? Good hands. The guy's good, real good with his hands. He put hands on like three cops. So he tells me, I don't want him on the compound. 
the guy's going to cause a racial incident, and you y'all don't want no racial incidents here. All right, so he he pumps him up with the the racial thing and all this, and puts him on a job. So now the guy's going to be looking for him. So when he hits the compound the next day, he sends a couple torpedoes at him, like three guys. His guys go to hole. He going to he going to send them back coffee, get coffee back there to him, buy a connect and everything. And he's going to have them out there in a couple of weeks. He's going to have them back on the compound. He's going to look like a hero shot caller. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of shit that goes on. You know what I mean? Right. See, and that's back why. In the day, back in the day, you do something to the police, the police are going to handle you. Yeah. You know, I got into it two times with the police. The police handled me. That's they how it used up. to be, man. It used they to be. And beat me half to death. I ain't gonna lie. One day sent me to outside hospital. I got I got so many stitches on me, I look like Frankenstein's son. That's how it used to be, man. It used to be us against the police. Like it used to be the inmates were always together, no matter what. You know what I mean? And it's not like that anymore, man. Now now you have inmates that are doing the the guards dirty work. Because they're getting charged because it stopped like with the Cowboys there. You know, when when they start getting charged, they yeah. start doing things other other ways. You know, before you do something to police, when you grow up in Marion, used to be locked down, they pulling you out first and they beating your ass. That's the way it used to be. And then you get and then you might get asked what well, when you go to the next spot. You go you might be on that damn bus for six months or a year straight. Yeah. Cuffed up every day, going around on diesel therapy. They have diesel ways therapy. to punish you ass. Diesel therapy. And nobody will know where you're at. And you're just nope. being shipped all over the all over the place you're being shipped, man. Yep. Property getting lost, pictures, family, letters, everything. All that's gone. Yeah, all that's gone. You know, so I never got no more beefs at, with the police after them two times. I learned my lesson on the second time. You know? Mm. So. Well, partner great show man congratulations on on uh man you got you some some beautiful toys man yeah yeah you know a little little something you know one last look for the mm. for the home team yeah yeah i'll see you when you pull up down here with that that's a that's a uh what they call that a pussy magnet i got one a pussy magnet now oh yeah that's what I'm working on now, putting it in there, putting it in. I just ordered it. I'm trying to throw mine away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of mine. But you take care of yourself, man. Stay safe and and um and and I'm not even gonna say it, man. Just just drive careful, be safe. You know what I mean? I know you know how to handle that power. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know if I told you, but next week, you know, I probably go up uh for operation. On my face. They done did a minor one already right there. Yeah, you was talking about that earlier, man. So what'd they find with it? Because I see you're a little twisted. Yeah, complications from that bullet. They still in there. They left it in there. Probably getting lead poised. I don't know. Where's the bullet at? But it's in, in in there somewhere. There's all kind of fragments in there. That's knocked my teeth out too. I you know, I could we could have just done something while I was up there, man. You know, I've I've stitched people up before. I've I've cut infections out of people man we could do we could do that you know 
get in there and dig that stuff out, man. No. Uh, now you can't you can't get uh you broke <laughs> up, but I nah it's all it's all the way back there. I, I need an operation. All right, Paul. Take care of yourself, man. Stay safe. Later, man. I'll see you soon. Catch you on the flip side, man. All right, buddy. Take care. Say bye to everybody out there in TV land or what a Skype land, YouTube land, or whatever it is land. Take care, man. Just do the right thing. Do the right thing, and everything will always be okay. Do the right thing. I think Spike Lee said that. Do the right thing. All right, P. All right, everybody, thank you for tuning in again. You know what I'm saying? Saturday night cell block. Uh, thank you for your time. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, just like Paul said, man, do the right thing. That's that's the main thing. Just do the right thing. You know, don't get into deviant stuff. Um, don't get into debt. Stay away from drugs. Just start understanding why you're there and... That this is not a place that you want to be. You don't get status for this. Um, you go nowhere in life. And sooner or later, you're going to find out that you don't want to be there. So don't do it at an old age where you got to come home and try to build everything, you know, like me at an old age. But go there, learn your lesson, study, start finding out who you are understanding why you're making the decisions that you're making and, and and who's influencing those decisions on you and be your own person, become your own person. Do what you have to do. Stand strong. Stand your ground. Be willing to, like, like, like Paul said in the very beginning, you have to put it in your head like you're, you have to die for what you believe in. I wasn't going to let anybody rape me. I wasn't going to let anybody stab me i wasn't going to let anybody do any of these things to me so i did everything that i could do to make sure that i did not put myself in that position because i was not ready to die in that moment i had a daughter i wanted to go home i had things to prove to people but i um avoided that that stuff as much as i possibly could right yes uh, I've 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 done things. Um, I've I've altered other human beings' bodies to the point that if they are still with us today, they they remember me. I guarantee it, and I remember them. I remember everybody. It's not pretty. It was nothing that I was proud of. I never did anything out of pride or, or uh, bullyish. I was. I was led to believe that first and foremost, I was doing good things. I was doing what the public wanted when it came to child molesters and, and pedophiles and things of that nature. But it's also knowing again that this is this is a mode of survival. And it's you're you're in a thunderdome, you know? You're you're in you're in Battlestar Galactica. You're in a in a in a mosh pit, knowing that if you do not show a certain type of charisma, 
a certain type of alpha that you will become the victim so it's it's knowing your lines right it's knowing your lines of of what you will cross somebody wants to ask me one time somebody had stole my property and it was a little bit of property and when he stole my property he checked in um and then came out back on the compound several months later now if i would have caught him from the very beginning it would have been different when he came back out in the compound uh, he didn't last very long but the question was arose to me you know because i took it to an elder on the compound and i'd asked him like man what what am i supposed to do right me personally because he's gonna hit the compound and i'm furious that this dude feels like he can come out after he checked in like who does that and but the question that he asked me was how far are you willing to go how far are you willing to take this particular situation because if you approach him right you're going to have to do something about that you're going to have to do something that you may not like and if he becomes an aggressor you may have to take it to a point that that may not even be worth it at this point because he's done marked himself and if you just sit back and let life be life you'll find that it will take care of these problems that you feel that you have to take care of because you felt you were wronged right that's ego that's that's you wanting vengeance and you wanting that and you have to ask yourself how far are you willing to go in this particular moment so that's a question for all of us to ask before we get into these situations is how far am I willing to take this? Right? If I, if I, if I say something from the get go, I have to be willing to take it all the way. So you, you have to know where that's at because a lot of times people get themselves in these situations by simply just saying something. They think that it might end by calling this person a name or punching them in the mouth. And they quickly find it doesn't end there. And now it's escalated out of control. So if you are going to prison, you're going to a maximum security prison for your first time. You're going to a violent prison or you're, you're finding that you're in one. Make sure that you stay to your business. And that means you don't question anything. You don't comment on anything that you see. Right? You don't even talk about it. You didn't even see it. You only, you only stay to what involves you. If there's something brewing on the compound, right? If there's something brewing on the compound, somebody's spreading a rumor about you, and you hear about it, hey man, somebody's saying that you you're hot. You know what I mean? That you're a rat, and you're not, right? You have to nip that in the bud immediately. Quick story before I go. Right? There's, there's, a, there's a, a guy. Um, this is right before I came home. And this was a low facility, right? And the low has a lot of sex offenders, child molesters. This is why people don't like going to low securities because this is where you find all of these sick bastards at. But if you're trying to program, you're trying to get home, you're trying to get out of this violent nature and you've learned how to do your time for yourself and not be involved in none of that stuff, you go to a low, right? So I ended up at Miami Low, 
and there was a dude there um, named Anthony. Now, we're sitting in the day room one time, and we're watching TV, and Anthony tells me that there's a, a rumor going on around him that he has sex crimes. So I look at him, and I'm like, huh? So he's like, yeah, man, there's this dude over in his dorm saying he knows me, and, and I got sex crimes in the past. I'm like, well, do you? And he's like, no, you know? I said, well, why? Why are we talking about that? Why? That's something that you don't let go. He's like, oh, man, you know, that's bullshit. I'm not going to. I said, no, man, you don't let that go. I said, well, first and foremost, because I work out with you. You know what I mean? I'm on the compound with you. I eat with you. So I don't want anybody thinking anything like that about me associating with you. And if that gets around, no, we got to handle that. So, bam, man, we got up on the next move and went to the dude's dorm. And went inside, and the dude happened to be asleep. It was an older guy. Ran his mouth a lot. So I kind of knew it was bullshit from jump. But he's in there asleep on the bunk, man. We walk right into the room. Bam, 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 bam. I'm hitting him on his bunk. Hey, man, listen. I heard that you say that you got something going on with my homeboy here, man. What is it that you say? And this is when the truth comes out. Oh, man, I heard that you... I said, listen, man, do you have any paperwork or anything to back up what it is that you said, right? Because what you said is some serious stuff, and you don't say anything like that without having the proof to back that up because that can get you seriously jacked off, whether we're in a low or not. So uh, he he had to wear something that day, you know, between Anthony and and, and this guy because these are the situations that, you can put yourself into, right? By saying things that aren't true, you hear somebody else say it, you speculate, right? You cannot accuse anybody of anything unless you have the factual proof, right? The paperwork to back it up. You can see it. If, if, if somebody stole something from me, right? If somebody stole something from me, I have to prove that he stole it, right? I have to prove that this man stole it or, like Paul said from the beginning, depending on your type of character, you just go fire off on the dude and you and you deal with the consequences later, right? So it just all depends on the situations. It depends on who you have around you. The best thing you can do is just go to prison. Don't gamble. If you do gamble, monitor yourself. Monitor your money. Don't borrow money to play with, right? Don't get into drugs. If you do get into drugs, I would have an occasional smoke every once in a while. Whenever some good smoke hit the compound, some good weed hit the compound, I would hit me some comp some some weed. I've even smoked some of this K2. And that's gonna have to be a story for another day. But you know, it's it's everything doing it in moderation, right? Doing it in moderation and and understanding why you're doing it to begin with. Um, don't get involved with uh, deviant stuff and don't be looking out for people. Don't be a lookout. If you know that somebody's trying to set you up to be a lookout so that they can go do some deviant stuff, don't be a lookout for nobody. Avoid these things and you'll, you'll be all right, man. The time is easy as long as you do it in that fashion. You can make it very hard for you and, and you can put yourself in a situation where uh, your life is altered forever. I've seen people um, 
I've seen people have to get colostomy bags. They couldn't, uh, they couldn't shit anymore because they got stabbed so many times because they were trying to run. They got caught on the fence as they were trying to hang up on the fence or they were climbing the fence to get away from the attackers and they're just sitting there stabbing them, you know, in the, in the ass end. I mean, I've seen these things. And once you see them, you can't unsee them. And it's, it's knowing that any little decision, any little emotional outburst, any, any little thing can put you in a situation like that. So you just have to be conscious of everything that you do um, and just be cool. You know, be cool with that. You guys take care. I love you guys. Thank you for joining. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I got a lot of great things coming up. But before I go, as I said, let me um, tell you again to please be to go. I just read all that with no sound. I hate when I go online and this gets muted. Anyway, go to www.cominghomecoalition.com. Check out Project Start Fresh. Read what we got. We got Tampa Bay Rowdy tickets if you're into soccer. We got baseball tickets. We got food tickets. We got all kinds of stuff, man. Go sign up for the raffle. And then you can read everything that I was just reading on mute. Y'all take care. I love you guys. Stay safe. Thank you for tuning in. God bless the less fortunate. We out.